This is the Cigar Authority. I'm kind of a big deal. The authority on everything cigar. You will respect my authority. Featuring cigar liberties from every major cigar brand. We have with us Christian Aroa. Rocky Patel. Victor Vitale. Eric Hansen. Oh my God, I can't believe it. Nick Perdomo. Ladies and gentlemen, Steve Saka. Is Jesus Fuego. Joe Cusano. WWE Hall of Famer, Nikolai Volkov. It's the rock star, Pete Johnson. Jorge Padron. With your host, David Garofalo. That's me. This is the guy behind the guy behind the guy. And his friends. That's you. It's time for the Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. The one and only Cigar Authority. We are the Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority. Damn it, motherfuckers, it's the Cigar Authority. And we are live here at Two Guys Smoke Shop in Salem, New Hampshire. And we are the Cigar Authority with me, Mr. Chuck Morrison. Over here. There you are. Making mountains move over there in the corner. And uh, Mr. Jonathan, my name is David Garofalo, and we are here for two hours each and every Saturday at 12 noon Eastern Time. And it's uh, it's a show about guys, what they do in cigar stores. They hang around and they talk uh, whatever's going on in the world. So this is what the show is all about. If this is the first time checking in, and I am just back. When I tell you just back, I just flew in from Washington, D.C. today. And, uh, Six o'clock this morning. What a trooper. There was a three o'clock wake-up call. Six o'clock at the airport. I stayed in Virginia. So it was Virginia to Washington, D.C., on to Boston, and here in New Hampshire. I've been in four states this morning, so far. Uh, anyway, uh, we'll get into that. I was at Capitol Hill, and we were fighting and fighting over uh, the FDA getting uh, poking their nose in the cigar business, and uh, we'll talk about that later on. Also, uh, we have some hot talent coming this week. Hot talent, Teresa, the smoking hot chick, I'm actually us. very excited about this because uh, while you were gone, yeah. it was my responsibility this week to do all of the show prep. I actually, not unlike this day in history, I have a new respect for what you do. There we go. I spent all day Thursday and all day Friday lining up interviews, talking to people, working things out, and I was so pumped to get the smoking hot chick to be on our show with I us. I can't wait to meet her. Yeah, because I hear she's beautiful. She's smoking hot. She let's is. See. Yeah. Let, let's see what she's seen she... the pictures. Can't wait for her to call in. Call in. Yeah, she's calling. That's so we got the smoking hot chick, and she's actually the hottest chick in the cigar business. You know, we have the face for radio, but she she has the body for modeling. So how how she's actually calling in? She's not coming. Yeah, that's I thought that she bad? was coming here. My God, no, that's, that's not that's not a radio person. There is the one you want for the visual. Because oh, uh, anybody right. checking into us, we do. We're on four radio stations, but also you can catch us and watch the show on the CigarAuthority dot com or Ustream TV, and actually have. And I never understood why people would want to see this mess, but we do have so, a video content on it. And you're this saying would, this I dropped the, the ball because she's not going to be sitting between us. She, this is where she should be. All right. Maybe for her second interview, we can get her in So we, ha- we have a, a face for TV coming in for a face for radio. But, hey, whatever. But also, we get the Stogie guys, and maybe they're ugly guys. I don't know who they are, but they actually have a great website, stogieguys.com. I give it all the respect in the world. I get a lot of information from their website. And I'm the Cigar Authority. Yes. And I get a lot of information from them. What impressed me the most about their site is that they are not afraid, and I say the word afraid, to smoke mild cigars and like them. Right. Right. They actually have this They're not thing, burnt out yet. That's they it. have this thing called a palate. Right. They can taste flavors besides leather. 
which is their own tongue when we're talking about other cigar tasters, but these guys are actually tasting the real flavors in the cigars and talking about them. And I think they're from where I was. I was just in Alexandria, Virginia this morning at uh, 5 o'clock, and I think uh, that's where they're from, from what I have read anyway, or they, they used to come from there, whatever. Anyway, a, a quick hello to the four stations listening to us live right now, WWZN AM 1510, The Revolution in Boston, WGHM, that's 900 The Game in Nashua, New Hampshire, WARL 1320, Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island, and WGAM. That's 1250 ESPN Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire. And as I said, video streaming on Ustream.tv or on the CigarAuthority.com. And by any chance, if you caught some of it, want to hear it again or go back to archive shows, you can get it on the CigarAuthority.com or on Podbean.com. And also we're on iTunes, too. So you can get it there. Actually, I downloaded some iTunes to listen to the show while I was on a plane, and it was pretty cool. And it's all free. It's free. And it's worth every dime. And if you don't like it, we will actually, we are the only show that will give you your money back. We will. Thank God it's for free, but we, we're willing to do it for anybody that's not happy. Um, speaking of uh, being not happy, the first cigar of the day we're going to smoke is going to be the Macanudo Crew Royale. Crew Royale? Crew, Crew Royale. And uh, when, when I say not happy with it, um, I, I actually haven't smoked it before. But it's the perception I have of this particular cigar, which Macanudo is the world's most famous mild cigar. Probably the highest volume selling premium cigar in the world for many, many years. Some people say that uh, possibly uh, Romeo and Juliet has overtaken it. I don't know. As a retailer myself, we sell an awful lot of Macanudos, and the Macanudos we sell are known as Macanudo Cafes, and they're mild, smooth. That's what a Macanudo is. Well, they've come out with a cigar earlier this year, uh, earlier last year, and uh, we didn't take it on because I thought it was kind of a, uh, a mistake but I've been hearing a lot of good things and people talking about it and say you got to give the cigar a try. One of them being Rudy, who checks in with us all the time. All the time. So uh, Rudy said you got to give the cigar a try, uh, which I, I've just been unfair to the brand only for the fact that it doesn't make sense to come out with a full-bodied, the most popular mild cigar in the world using the trademark name of the mildest cigar. I need to have a little conversation with Chuck. Chuck, something is going on with my sound. I was trying to play a sound bite, and I can't hear it in my headphones. Oh, I have the sound turned down right yeah, now. Yeah, if I could be up, that would be great because I have a funny little, had a funny little bit. Go for but it. I'm going to play it now. You know what they call a, a quarter pounder with cheese uh, in Paris? They don't call it a quarter pounder with cheese? Oh, man, they got the metric system. They wouldn't know what the quarter pounder is. And what do they call it? They call it... Uh, Royale with cheese. Royale. Royale. That was my little sound bite. Nice. I'm over here having a heart attack thinking I've got my settings wrong. <laughs> I'm like, we sound checked, didn't we? Okay. Macanudo Royale. Do you mind, do you mind just leaving me up it, that It'll way? be up. Yep. Uh, thank you. Because you may, Mr. Jonathan wants to throw in some sounds. I got a couple of little things, nothing bit major, but I figured as long as Dave wasn't going to be here, which I'm a little disappointed. You know. Sorry. I love you, but yeah, I was kind of pumped to do the show myself and tell everybody that I got you kicked off your own show. And uh, then you show up week after week. That's it. It's gonna be you can tell me these things ahead of time. I can make sure that you're prepared for it. Sorry. It's all right. It's <clears throat> all right. It's difficult because I tell him yeah. to make sure he's okay with it, and then I forget to tell you, or I tell you we have a conversation, I forget to keep two of you. It's not easy. I know. i got to get rid of one of you. 
All right. Well, you almost got rid of yourself this morning. Yeah. Yeah. We almost had an electrical fire here, but hey, that's a, a, a story for Don't move show. any equipment. Do not move equipment. Yes. That's uh, a lesson. I'm trying a new cutter from Zycar. We actually don't carry this cutter. Do we know what this is called or anything? Have you ever even seen this before? I actually, I've heard a rumor in some of the, um, the blogs that that's called the Paleo Killer. I have heard the same words that uh, that, that is the uh, thing that's going on here, a Paleo Killer. It's a 64 ring gauge, thin blade, like a Paleo. I love the Paleo Cutter. I think that the Zycar Cutter is the coolest looking cutter, the shape to it, the you know design type of thing. But as far as how well a cigar cutter cuts... I think Palio cuts the best. So they came out with a thin blade, 64 ring gauge Zycar cutter. Uh, we don't have it yet, but um, I have a sample of it, and uh, it certainly does work and resembles to a little bit, not enough for, for legal reasons that anybody's going to get sued or anything, but it has that feel of what a Palio is. Yeah, you think it's even lower priced. That would be the, the, the move if, if that's what, what's trying to happen here. I don't know. We, we just, uh, we'll start these rumors. <laughs> True or not, we'll start these rumors off anyway. So, just came back. Oh, let me tell you a little about Macanudo uh, Crew Royale. Crew Royale? Royale. Royal. Ro- I'd say Royale. 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 Since we played the sound by Royale with cheese. Royale with cheese, which was from the movie Pulp Fiction. Pulp Fiction, yeah. Which uh, I guess uh, because of the metric system, they don't have a quarter pounder in Europe. It's a Royale. What do they call a Big Mac in Europe? Probably a Big Mac. Le Big Mac. Yeah? Yeah. What about the Whopper? Neither of which you'd eat. Exactly. I wouldn't. Do you know what they call the Whopper? No. I don't either because he didn't go to Burger King. That was from the movie. Sorry. Really? Okay. <laughs> uh, okay. So as I, as I was saying about uh, Macanudo, known as a mild cigar, um, the, the biggest selling mild cigar probably in the world, they came out, and they've had different Macanudos over the years. Um, there's been, I had a little list of Macanudo, but there's been, there's been Macanudos, um, what did we have? Macanudo Cafe. Then there was Macanudo Gold. Macanudo Vintage. Then they came out with Macanudo Maduro. I think it was a failure. He uh, probably sold millions and millions, but comparatively to what a regular Macanudo is, sure. uh, it didn't work. I don't think. Then they came out with Macanudo Robust. Not once, but twice. It failed the first time. They brought it out again. It failed again because it was, again, a full-bodied Macanudo. Somebody looking for, uh, let, let's say, a, um, a race car or something, a Jaguar, you wouldn't expect Jaguar to come out with a station wagon. Certainly not. I wouldn't expect Macanudo. You know, do what you do best. Macanudo, you know, and, and the company, which is General Cigar, they make full-body cigars and different things of different brands also. But I wouldn't, as a marketing guy myself, I wouldn't attach that name to the, the wrong product. One company that did get away with going from very high-end sports cars to a station wagon, they did it by putting their Viper engine in the station wagon, and that was the Dodge with the Dodge Magnum, Okay, uh, which was the station wagon. It was really one of the very, very first low-riding crossover SUV vehicles. It really wasn't a station wagon. It looked so badass. Just huge, wide tires, a giant engine. It roared when you started it up. Did it sell? Oh, it sold. 
Yeah? Yeah. You still oh, see them driving around. Those things are awesome. Oh, it's sold, Jerry. It's sold. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> we'll have to get that soundbite in there yeah. just so we can have it every time we say it. My name's not Jerry, but he calls me Jerry all the time. We, oh, do, yeah. call, we do call each other Jerry all the time. <laughs> And that's a Seinfeld reference for those out there that's not following along with, uh, with this mess that's happening here. So the Macanudo uh, is an uh, Ecuadorian Habano wrapper. Uh, it's a very, very dark wrapper, not quite uh, Maduro, but very, very dark. And uh, it's a rough-looking wrapper. I don't know about yours, but mine looks bumpy and uh, not, not uh, smooth at all. Not what Macanudo is known for. The filler is a Dominican, Brazilian, and Nicaraguan combination. The binder on it is something very, very different. It's uh, La Vega Especial, which is a binder that's proprietary to them. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I know that um, some of the Brazilian filler in it is Montefino, which has a nice, nice flavor to it. As, as I'm getting in early on, I mean, it tastes better than it looks. Again, I'm bothered by the, uh, the name of it. Uh, all they had to do was call it something else, create another name, or, or put it on, on a different line of one of their fuller bodies, maybe make it a La Gloria Cubana uh, Royale or whatever. But. You can definitely, you can taste, or I can taste what I think is that Nicaraguan flavor. It's got that little, just a little bit of bite, kind of like the sting of pepper, yeah. but it's not really straight pepper. It, it, it has nothing to do with Macanudo at all. It doesn't resemble it. It doesn't taste like Macanudo. It doesn't look like what Macanudo would be, yet they do this. And it, it, It's simply a marketing thing and it, that's bothering me. That's all. I'm a retailer. I have three retail stores and a mail order company. And uh, I just find I'm going to... Here, here's what I think is going to happen. Uh, and I don't, I don't carry the brand yet. And Who knows? Maybe I'm going to love it and I'll end up uh, carrying it. But what bothers me is a Macanudo smoker is going to look at it and say, there's no way I'm going to buy this because it looks too strong. Um, it, it doesn't resemble Macanudo at all. I don't like it. And somebody that likes full-of-bodied cigar is not going to be willing to be caught dead smoking a Macanudo. I, li- I liken it to learning how to ice skate. When you learn how to ice skate, they get you the, the two milk crates that are you know, screwed together. And you're doing the baby steps, and you're pushing the milk crate, you're pushing the cone. And that three-year-old kid grows up and goes on to the uh, NHL, professional hockey player. He is never going to ever push a milk crate around on the ice again. And that's what a cigar smoker is going to do. They start off at the Macanudo. If they stay at Macanudo forever, that's fine. They don't move on. They're you know, one-dimensional. Yeah. But if you become a multi-dimensional cigar smoker, you're not going to go back to those, quote, good old days to the Macanudo. Macanudo kind of ends up seeming like it's beneath you. It's a stepping stone cigar for those that, you know, I, mostly everybody, when they went to a premium cigar, that's what they started with. Sure. Uh, you can't take away from the millions and millions of cigars they sell, so something's going right. It's, it's like you, you may not love a McDonald's hamburger, but... Millions and millions get sold, and they taste the same wherever you go. It's consistency. So whether you like it or not, Budweiser is very consistent. Macanudo is very consistent. Uh, It's the same thing what it is. So if you like it, you can say, I'm very, very comfortable with Macanudo because I know what I'm going to get, and that's it. Until you buy this Macanudo. Which, by the way, Rudy loves. He's Vinny DeSalvo on the chat box, and uh, he's very appreciative. He's almost gushing right now that you put his cigar on. <laughs> he asked he, is, me, he has asked me to thank you two or three times, and I, 
I, I, I'm, I'm I sorry it took so one. long because truly I forgot. He asked a long time ago yeah. and I forgot. So we said we got to go get some of these. And uh, we got them and we're trying it. And I'm appreciating the flavor. Take the band off and let me try the cigar and say, what do I think of the cigar? The cigar has a lot of flavor and it tastes really good. I'm bothered by the name that's on it, but we're early on. We're just starting out, and uh, despite I had this argument with somebody while I was in D.C., um, some people believe that if you don't like a cigar from the very beginning, you don't like the cigar, and that's it. Why does it take you an inch or two? Why did you have to get into the cigar to make that decision? All you're doing is getting used to the taste you don't like, and then you say, no, it, it got better as it went on. No, you just got used to it. I disagree with that. I think uh, there is uh, cigars that have uh, lots of different characteristics to it, and they change as they go on. And those are the very interesting cigars. Mm. A cigar that's just the same all the way through, it might be a good taste all the way through, and it's good. The ones that change and evolve through it is what I love. It's like smoking three cigars. At, it, it it's like the prize at the end of your cereal box. That's right. There it is. So uh, let, me, let me tell you quickly. Um, I am uh, a board of directors member of the IPCPR, which is the International Premium Cigar Retailers Association. We have um, a few thousand members of the organization, and we represent the brick-and-mortar retail stores that carry premium cigars. Those that are listening, what is the difference between a premium cigar and a cigar? The stuff you get in the convenience store, packaged and multicolored and flavored and, uh, you know, with, with paper additives and things like that, that's not a premium cigar. Go into a premium cigar store. Those that are, happen to be listening in and aren't real cigar smokers yet, Go into a premium cigar store, look around, learn, talk to the people at the premium cigar store, and appreciate what a premium cigar is. Well, we went down in full force, the whole board of directors, which is 15 of us, um, we went down along with lobbyists, and we went to go see um, as many state state senators and uh, congressmen as possible. And uh, I saw about 16 of them in the course of one day. I was seeing um, one every 30 minutes running from from, uh, one meeting to the next meeting. And I made sure I saw my uh, local New Hampshire. I live in New Hampshire. So I saw my New Hampshire uh, house member, which is, um, well, this is terrible, Um, Charlie Bass, uh, who uh, met with... uh, a small group of us, we, we broke it into four groups so we could see as many as possible. And uh, we explained to him that um, we want to teach you the difference of premium cigars and other cigar products, that we are different. Is there a huddle? Like, do you guys get into a huddle and go, okay, you guys are going to take this play, you're going to do this play, and we're going to do this? Ready, set, break! And then... Well, we, we met at the lawyer's office, and um, they, they got us all together, and they said, because what you don't want to happen is everybody goes in tangents... You know, we have a short, short time. You can't, uh, these, guys, these people are very busy. The budget things are going on. They're, uh, they got meeting after meeting after meeting. So you got to go in there and, you know, you, you, uh, you know, how you doing thing lasts about one minute. Then you go right to the jugular and you say what your problem is. And then there's a little wrap up at the end. Uh, nice to meet you. Thanks a lot. But mostly what you want is your key person that's in your group is the constituent from that state. So when it came to, to uh, Charlie Bass or Kelly Ayotte, my New Hampshire senator, yeah. I was the lead, along with three or four people that, that joined me. When we got to their state, the other person was the lead because they really care about the constituent. 
That's the main thing. We are the voter. We are the people that would maybe give uh, and donate to their uh, election next time. Because truly, once they get elected, they're trying to get elected next year, the day after they just got elected. That's the unfortunate thing about politics. (laughs) It's a business, isn't it? Oh, my God. Uh, What was the saying? Uh, The two things you never want to see made is uh, sausages and (laughs) politics. You don't want to see it because it's ugly. Both, both of them are very ugly. And, and, uh, but the process is amazing. Anybody can do it. You're an American. You can go there and you can ask for a meeting uh, with your senator. And uh, sometimes you'll meet with them one-on-one, which I was lucky enough to do it in my state. Sometimes it's going to be their head uh, person in their office because they're on the floor or something like that. And that happened in a few instances, uh, really on somebody that didn't believe in, in what we had to say. But our saying was that uh, FDA is poking their nose around in premium cigars. We worry about self-service. If self-service goes away, that means you'd go into a store and you would have to know the name of what you wanted. We had new brands could never get launched and things like that could never happen. Um, the labeling that goes on it, the beautiful packaging and the beautiful mm. artwork that goes along with that would be covered with, uh, you know, lungs and uh, dirty lungs and this ridiculous stuff that's happening in Canada on packs of cigarettes and things like that. We're there to say, listen, our product is different. And if you want to get into the... Into, uh, the health aspect of it, we can go on all day because we have white papers and lots of things that prove differently. Um, but our product is very different, and here's a show and tell, and here's a way to teach you. And they, I'll tell you, almost everybody was very decent and listening, and the heads were going up and down, and they were learning. And that's the whole thing about it, that let them know that our product is very different, and premium cigars are not uh, going after children. It would be the oddest thing right now. We're in a cigar store right now, a two guy smoke shop in Salem. If some young kids ever came in this store right now, it would look so weird that they walked in that not only would the employees of the store think it's it's pretty weird, but the other customers in the store would look at them like, Hey kid, what are you doing in here? They don't want to buy a $10 premium cigar. There's no need of it. Uh, they, uh, they, if you're thinking of the other cigars that are used for marijuana and things like that, you can't get a premium cigar and cut it in half and hollow it out. It'll just fall apart because the ingredients, and this is a big thing in the FDA, is they want to know what the ingredients are on all these things. Well, Shortest ingredients list on anything. Right. <laughs> it's really. tobacco. On cigarettes, you're talking about 500 different ingredients that go into making up a cigarette. 500. On a premium cigar, it's one ingredient, and it's folded <laughs> tobacco. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just folded up, and it's tobacco leaves, and that's all it is. So this, this was part of the, uh, you know, teaching process. There's new senators. There's new House members right now, so you, we go back all the time and reteach them and re-educate them because maybe they're not cigar smokers, and they don't know, and they've always believed... You know, the hype. Yeah. I'll tell you, Dave, on my experience, I mean, just being part of this show was an eye-opener in terms of learning that. I mean, I had that misconception that you compare, you put cigarettes and and cigars in the same category. And and they're totally opposites. Totally opposites. Uh, And unfortunately, the term they're using right now is other tobacco products. And other tobacco products, the cigarettes and then there's other tobacco products. That other tobacco products can be... uh, Chewing tobacco, yeah. uh, snus, it can be those other supposedly things that they call cigars, um, and they do that because um, the weight and the way things are taxed, 
They can uh, have a, uh, uh, a product that is uh, camouflaging itself as a cigar, but it's really a cigarette or, um, you know, a drug paraphernalia that calls itself a cigar. That's not a cigar either. This is what a cigar is, a traditional cigar, what you'd expect a traditional cigar to be, and that's what we smoke here, and that's what, what these cigar stores carry exclusively. Is the goal to make the FDA's involvement work in the favor of premium cigars in that if they do force to be, uh, cigarette companies and these other faux cigar companies yeah. to put the ingredients on the packaging, people will see those products for what they really are. And But the, the other, the flip side is they'll see what cigars really are. And that will help separate and create a space between the two tobacco you know, uh, genres. It, it was the government itself that pushed um, the FDA into taking it on cigars in it. The FDA actually knows that they don't want anything to do with it. They don't, they don't need another thing added. Perhaps they've heard about the juggernaut that is David Garofalo. Maybe. Who knows what it is. <laughs> but that's they, why they don't want the headaches. But they got it. Whether they like it or not, they got it. Now we're trying to say we're preempting a strike that's not happening yet, which mm. is the thing. Uh, they are not going after premium cigars yet. But by them classifying other cigars, by just saying other cigars and not separating them and not saying excluding premium cigars or something like that. That's what we're looking for. We're very different than those other products. We need to, to teach you that, and we need to teach you before somebody brings up a bill to end up doing that. So it's a preemptive strike. That's what we did. Uh, it was awesome. It was my third time going down there and going through this process. It's very, hey, I got a lot of things to do. Uh, you know, I, get, I have a family, I have uh, a few businesses to run, and I want to do other things also. But it's so, so important to fight because if you don't do it, it's going to be just complaining about it. And that there's people that do and there's people that complain. So I try to do a doer, be a doer, and I recommend it to everybody else. If we sit back and smoke our cigars and relax and let these people roll over us, the next thing you know, there's going to be no smoking in restaurants. Already happened. There's going to be no smoking, and I'll get into that in the next hour, no smoking in parks. And uh, out in beaches and things in New York, they just about shut down the state of New York. Uh, California, it's a disaster over there, and we don't want it coming to us. And actually, we want to play offensive now. We don't want to play defensive all the time and wait for it to come. We want to play offensive. We want to get to it before the trouble happens and protect our rights and freedoms. We're in Washington, D.C., and what a place to do it. They were all there, and uh, it was awesome. Before we go to our break, I want to talk about the flavors that I'm pulling off of the cigar. Okay. I'm getting a distinct peanut oil cinnamon fusion going on, <laughs> combined sec- yeah, combined yeah. with black tea leaves. What what you know the the way that uh, let's say a uh, black tea kind of tastes like if you just put the tea. I got, bag a, in your I got mouth. a little tea. I got a little tea. Now you're a tea drinker. You got any tea out of this? No. He's he he actually he and Mike said something about formaldehyde and fish no, oil or something. No. <laughs> This, this, the first light, nice. This was uh, this is something that we should have actually smoked blind, because I'm telling you, you a real cigar, a, a, a hardcore cigar guy is going to say a bad thing about Macanudo because it's you know he's not a sure. tough guy if he doesn't say it. So we're going to keep it going anyway. When we come back, are we going to go right into it? We're gonna we should be going right into our interview. The smoking hot chick, it's self-proclaimed, but I thought she was going to be here. We could have saw for ourselves, but. Take my word for it. I saw pictures. All right. Anyway, she'll be on with us and tell us uh, she's a girl that loves cigar smoking and knows about cigar smoking. So, Let's hey, do this. We're going to break. We'll be right back on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Cigar Authority Radio Network. 
Hi, this is David Garofalo from the Cigar Authority. I'd like to invite you to visit one of my Two Guys Smoke Shops. Two Guys Smoke Shop is the largest cigar retailer in the world, and I'm very proud of that. It's stogie heaven. Two Guys is conveniently located off Exit 1, off Route 93, 95, and Route 3 in Salem, Seabrook, and Nashua, New Hampshire. You see, there's no cigar tax or sales tax in New Hampshire, and coincidentally, we have built three glorious cigar shops right over the border for your convenience. Take the pilgrimage to Two Guys Smoke Shop in tax-free New Hampshire, or find us on the web at twoguyssmokeshop.com. We ship cigars everywhere, and single cigars too. Two Guys Smoke Shop, it's stogie heaven! There's a patch of land in Cuba located exactly at the latitude and longitude of 22 degrees north by 83 degrees west, where you will find Hacienda El Corojo, a plantation that once grew the best tobacco in all of the world. Today, these fields are not producers of tobacco any longer, but the seeds from their prize-winning plants still exist today. 2283 is a cigar brand that uses authentic El Corojo seed in its entire five-country blend. Nicaraguan, Honduran, Dominican El Corojo filler, certified Costa Rican Corojo binder, and finished off with lush, oily, Brazilian El Corojo seed wrapper, all from the seeds of the mother plants. 2283 come uncellophaned in wheels of 20, white tissue wrapped in bundles, and then safely placed in cedar cabinet boxes. Find out what's missing in today's cigars. It's El Corojo, and 2283 has it certified. One taste, and you'll understand the old flavor you've been longing for. It's back, and it's 2283. Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand-cleared in the Black Earth region, then dry shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super-premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and sickle, super-premium vodka, Russian reborn. 40% alcohol by volume, imported by Clean Spirits, LC, Massachusetts. Please enjoy responsibly. Confucius. Chinese philosopher teachings have gone from the golden rules to fortune cookies. Confucius say, what you do not wish for yourself, you do not do to others. Confucius say, knowledge is recognizing what you know and what you don't. Profound? Maybe 200 years ago. But today, it's our pleasure to bring you Zing. Zing, spelled X-I-N-G, is a whole new smoking sensation. Zing Cigars not only shares medium-bodied, rich flavor from its deep, dark wrapper, but it's the deep, dark wisdom from the back of each of its cigar bands. Zing say, man who go to bed with itchy bum, wake up with a smelly finger. Way better than any Chinese fortune cookie, and way better tasting. And just like Chinese food, shortly after you've had it, you'll love to have another. Zing, it's what some call the modern-day fortune cookie. A great cigar with a little something extra. A little fun and a whole lot of flavor. Zing. And we're back with the Cigar Authority. We're smoking the Macanudo Crew Royale. And um, some folks over here smoking it too. And we're having mixed feelings of it. I like it. I think the problem is exactly the problem I thought was going to be the problem, which is going to be the name on it because... 
A lot of people say cigars, most of the flavor comes from the outside wrapper of a cigar. There's, That's not what we say. There's filler, there's binder, and the outside wrapper of it. We say that most of the flavor from a cigar comes from the cigar band itself, which you don't even light up, but it's on there, but subconsciously flavor. It, it, yep. it has a major issue on it, and I don't know if... Uh, other people believe that, but we've done blind taste testings over the years and different things. We blind test each other every time you come in. Uh, we do it every day here in the store with the employees and stuff. The band has a lot to do with it. Truly, this band does look different than the regular Macanudo. It's colored different. It's got blue and silver as opposed to the, the white band, white and gold and, uh, and uh, green of a Macanudo. Uh, but it says Macanudo, and I know it's going to bother the hardcore guys, but I'm telling you, it's a different cigar altogether. It's a, it, it tastes more Nicaraguan than it does anything else, sure. even though it's a blended with many things in it. It, it has that Nicaraguan taste. Uh, you mentioned tea in it before. I, I taste some tea, uh, maybe a spicy tea if there's such a thing as a... As yeah, a, like a cinnamon kind of black tea. Yeah. Uh, no peanut? You don't get I any? got no peanuts. I got no, but Can we bring our caller on the line? Yeah, I'm very uh, excited about this. Yeah. This uh, is Teresa, are you there? I'm here. Oh, very excited Hello? to have you on. Hello. Yes, we can you hear us? Oh, I'm excited. Thank you so much. <laughs> so um, while, uh, while we have you here, you are Teresa, the smoking hot chick. Am I correct? Uh, smoking hot cigar chick. That's the site, yes. Nice. <laughs> Um, your website is extremely informative. I found myself clicking on several different articles, uh, and it seems to be filled with a fusion of uh, modeling, cigars, and spirits. What gave you the idea to fuse those three together? Uh, well, honestly, it just kind of came from my own lifestyle. I, uh, when I'm out meeting friends, we usually end up talking our fashions, and for me, it's always been the palate. So I'm very big into fashion and food and wine, and cigars were always a topic that came up as well. And a friend of ours said, you know, Tracy talked about it so much, you should start a site. And he actually gave me the idea of the name. So, you know, I laughed when I heard the name. I'm like, you know what, that's actually pretty cool. I'm going to run with it. That sounds like fun. And so I thought it'd be a hobby, and it turned out to get an audience. And I'm just happy to kind of bring more people into the industry and kind of get more people into curious and different aspects of it. Well, I'll say you have an audience. Over a half of a million people watch uh, your videos that are out there Um it's, it's unbelievable that the videos are out there. Just one video uh, in particular that I happen to watch was the Nub video, 42,000 people. It hasn't been on all that long. There's 42,000 people watching that one alone. So you're getting the audience. Um, are you getting the audience because you're a smoking hot chick? This was my question to her. I know the answer to it already. Or do you really know what you're talking about? And and you're on the show because you really know what you're talking about. It's not make-believe. You, uh, you know, in, in just um, an unscripted um, video that you're doing, you can see that you know what you're talking about and you know the players that are in the industry, which is very, very different, I'll tell you. Uh, we have a lot of cigar customers that are here and not very many women. Um, that, that your, your girl out there smoking cigars, have you been able to bring women into uh, uh, enjoying cigars? I actually have. It's been really fun. I mean, some of the like, most amazing things I've seen that I've been just kind of happy to experience is I've seen some women who, uh, like some of the cigar shops we've been to have a wine store, like a wine boutique a couple doors down. So usually the wife will go over there and the guy will go to the cigar shop. But I've seen a couple of the women who used to turn their nose at the cigar shop kind of be like, wait, what? really she's there so they kind of hang out and talk and get to learn more about the tobacco and now some of them are like some of the biggest box buyers in the stores so that's been kind of the coolest thing i've seen that's impressive wow uh, 
Yeah, I'll... and also for my modeling, I well, after the shoots, like, you know, the girls and I will go grab a drink or go grab something, and now it's Pico grab a smoke. They're really into it. They've kind of gotten into the culture. They get to smoke with their dads, which they never really thought about before. It's become this whole new thing. And you're not just smoking the the, the mild, uh, girly-type cigar, and uh, excuse me, I don't mean anything bad by it, but a, a little thin-flavored no, cigar. All. It's the real deal. I mean, you're, you're smoking boutique cigars, and uh, you're up with what's going on, and it's a breath of fresh air for us, for sure, because you're talking about another whole market that, that's pretty much not being tapped out there. Well, it's a market I really want to see grow. I mean, coming from like, a gastro perspective on food, I want to see more of that. You know, I like people having fun with if respecting tradition and bringing modern technology involved and modern traditions and kind of making this new thing. I think it's a whole generation out there that's looking to appreciate something. They need something new to kind of grasp that culture for themselves and for their families. And for me, the boutiques really speak to me the same as wine does, the same as food does. I'm, I'm big into coffee. I'm not, I understand there's a culture for it and I absolutely support the flavors, but for me, I'm, I like, I don't like flavors infused. I like the natural flavors. That's how we yeah. feel. Yeah, We drink our coffee black. We drink our cigar, uh, yeah, we drink our cigars. We smoke our cigars, uh, as tobacco flavored cigars, not, grape flavored or whatever um the very second <laughs> exactly. the second that i leaked to facebook that you were going to be on the show as, with us i was completely inundated with probably the question that takes second place to do you really smoke cigars and that question is <laughs> are you single and it was followed up with do you think i have a chance so please tell our listeners whether or not you're single so they'll stop bugging me oh my fiance is probably gonna kill me with saying this but yeah i, I am I am very happy. I'm a very awesome man. I'm a lucky girl. Nice. And how does he feel um, about would... the attention that you get from, uh, obviously, cigar smoking is mostly men, uh, so, and you get plenty of attention with uh, half a million hits on YouTube. How does he feel about the attention? Does it bother him? I don't think so. I think he's all right with it. Does, <laughs> does he smoke cigars himself? He does, yes. That's been kind of the cool thing for us, too, because um, as I got more into smoking on a regular basis and paying attention to what I was smoking... I used to do that with wine, too. I drink, and I never knew what I was drinking. So once I actually sat down, uh, we kind of got into it together. So, I mean, he's been more adventurous with food with me. I kind of forced him into that, I think, a little bit out of his comfort zone. But, no, the cigar thing's been great for both of us. It's something we can enjoy, and it's really, I think, strengthened our own relationship, too. That's awesome, nice. because I'll tell you, and I hear it from a lot of guys uh, hanging out at the cigar store, is they hang out at the cigar store because there's no smoking in their house because the wife doesn't allow it, she's not into it, and that's all there is to it, and they uh, have no choice but to hang at the cigar store. And if if uh, that would change, that the woman would uh, get involved with it, enjoy it with them or something, it could be a nice a, a nice time that they could share together. Or it could ruin the entire that's experience altogether. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, I mean, the hard part, too, is where you can smoke. I mean, it's a social behavior. It's not an addiction. So being part of that social behavior is is conversation, is dining, is wine, is everything else. And there's just so few places that you can do that that it's, it's hurting tobacco as part of, as part of the culture. Where, where are you? Where are you calling from? Is, is, uh, is this where you smoke cigars? I'm in Texas. In Texas. So, I'm right now at home. 
Okay, and uh, so Texas is warm most of the year. It's not. We're here up in New England and New Hampshire right now, and uh, today happens to be a halfway decent day in the maybe 30s or 40s. But, um, oh. you know, you, you guys have nice weather all the time, so outdoor smoking is happening all the time. So you're, you're actually in a much... It isn't, it isn't, but it gets pretty brutally hot here. So yeah. <laughs> the humidity can be kind of killer. We get the opposite effect. Yeah. Right. So here on the Cigar Authority, we are constantly searching for the latest and greatest as far as cigars are concerned, but we also try to pay homage to the great sticks of the past. What new cigars are you smoking? Uh, and also, what do you keep in your humidor that you'd consider a classic uh, that you find yourself going back to time and time again? Uh, new in my humidor that I've been smoking pretty consistently, I'm actually smoking right now too, is an E.P. Carrillo. The inaugural edition, so that 2009 really surprised me. It really blew me away. It's been one of my top five cigars this year. I've been a huge fan of it. Uh, the 2010 also, very different, very different style, but I liked it more than I thought I would. I'm just blown away by the fact that she, I'm talking to a girl who probably knows more about cigars yeah, than I do. Yeah, she does. She does. Man. <laughs> you know, she didn't Everyone say has their geek factor. For me, it's the palate, so that's just kind of my thing. I get excited about food. I get excited about Dave, Dave was the joking. little things. Dave, Dave was joking with me. We're talking with Teresa from the SmokinHotCigarCheck.com. Uh, Dave and I were joking around because he's uh, actually struggling with his weight. He's not struggling. <laughs> he's happy with it because he enjoys food far too much, and he was joking that there's no possible way that you enjoy food as much as he does, <laughs> given your figure. Uh, so, yeah, uh, I have an incredibly fast metabolism. I was raised with French and Austrian food, so everything had at least one stick of butter in it. But. At least. Yeah, <laughs> it comes with the good and bad. Like it's great for food. It's terrible with medicine. Medicine, I'm a tabloid, crazy fast. But there's other genetic, you know, things around the family that's like, yay, this part's awesome. This part's not so awesome. But sure, I count as a blessing. <laughs> How do you feel about the uh, the rating systems that the cigar magazines have? Do you think it helps the industry? Hurts um, the industry? I mean, they've been they play a big factor. I mean, it's. It's a party industry whether we want it to be or not, and it has good points and it has bad points, I think. Honestly, for me, I and people have asked me to do a rating system. I just, I couldn't personally on my own as one person. I don't feel right doing it. I mean, it would just be, you know, the opinion of my, you know, Teresa's opinion on the cigar, which I have my own taste. I know other people do. It's not a right or a wrong. It's, sure. It's mood. It's what you like. To me, I think... I mean, if I ever did a rating system, honestly, I would have it segmented to people who smoke mild cigars, voting and rating mild cigars. Right. People who like medium body, smoking and rating medium body, and people who like full body. Because you can't compare a steak to a dessert. I mean, it's or a salad to an entree or... Yeah, we say it's it. Very difficult. We say it all the time, and and we think that the mild cigars do not get a good uh, rating simply because they're mild cigars, and the usually the the rating system person is pretty burnt out going through uh, you know maybe a hundred cigars in a month. Sure. And uh, oh, it's hard to give them a chance. Right. Not only that, I mean, but you're smoking something full body next to a mild cigar. You, you're certainly not going to rate a cigar that is paying your magazine's salary. Uh, you're not going to give it a bad rating. You might give it, you know, take a point off or something, but you're still going to rate, you're going to tend to rate everything that's advertising in your magazine a little bit higher, whether you intend to or not. So the rating system with respect to advertising is a failed model to begin with, in my opinion. How do you feel I about that? I think so, too. You know, I mean, I'm not, I, I understand the way everything works, but I do think at the end of the day, it's still bringing new eyes. 
I think the people who have, you know are smoking avidly and know what's going on in the industry don't really take the rating system seriously, or they take it with a grain of salt, I should say. Sure. But new people who are picking up the magazine on their own, maybe a brand new smoker, if that gets them involved in the industry to find out their own taste, their own palate, then you know what? That's fine. It's doing a good thing in the end. Yeah. Do you travel up in the New England area ever? No, I haven't yet. I need to. I, I mean, you definitely need to. We should put together some sort of event uh, where we can compa- combine food and cigars and wine and, and make an event of it. I think that would be a fun thing. Yeah, I'd love to have you up oh, here. I, I, I was surprised when uh, Jonathan told me he had you booked, and uh, next thing I knew it was uh, over the radio as opposed to have you uh, yeah, in got, studio. I'm I like, got railed for that. What are you, crazy? <laughs> you <laughs> finally, <laughs> someone who doesn't have a face for radio has a body for TV, and you have her on the phone. Oh, nice job. <laughs> Error, error on our side. So, so anybody that's listening in wants to check you out. The uh, what's the best way to get a hold of you? Uh, if you go to the site, smokinghotcigarchick.com. And and all the the old videos are up there, and all the, the you know I read the story yeah, about everything. you. Everything. Oh, thank you. So um, yeah, all the videos are on there. There's categories too. I, I mean, they, they're experimenting more with pairings and tastings with, uh, you know different types of liqueurs and things like that but what's the future hold for you what's the future hold for you what do you what do you want to do what i'd like to do is i'd like to i'd like to somehow get involved with more uh you know hosting events getting more uh of the social aspect involved for the community doing you know with involving wine and you know inviting the mixologist because i think that's also an underappreciated art kind of bringing all these aspects together i think I mean, if you talk to a chef, most chefs smoke cigars, and there's a reason for that. There's this whole culture of all these things that come together, and I'd like to see more of that happen and grow that as the industry for the audience. Sure. Well, Teresa, thank you very much for calling into the show. We would love to have you back another time, especially if we can somehow get you up here in New England. Uh, if we've got to throw an event to do it, I guess we'll have to do that. So um, thank you That'll very much for fun. calling in. That. Yeah. Oh. Well, Long Thank ashes so to you. Thank you very much. Okay, that Thank is you. that is Teresa, smokinghutcigarchick.com. Check it out. You'll see, uh, unfortunately, you won't see her on our show because it was uh, just strictly for radio on this end. But uh, you'll see what she looks like. And uh, she's a girly girl and uh, smoking premium cigars. And as you said, I think she knows more about cigars than you do. Uh, and and uh, no that's, not, that, that's not a shot to you. No, uh, no. She, she knows her stuff. And... Uh, you know, it wasn't like uh, we said, the, the mild cigar. So ladies out there, if there's any ladies listening to the show, uh, you know, it's uh, it's an acquired taste, a premium cigar. Yeah, I'm not saying the first time you're going to pick it up, you're probably going to say, uh, oh, this is the greatest thing ever or something. It's going to be like maybe uh, drinking scotch or something like that. It's going to be acquired. It's going to take you a while. Uh, start mild, move around, see what – there's a whole world of wonderful cigars out there. So Absolutely. Well, we'll – uh, Maybe I can show some videos to my wife and get her on board. She'll Has she ever one. had a cigar? She did smoke with me. I mentioned last week she smoked that one cigar with me on our honeymoon. Yeah, uh, yeah. She didn't mind it, but I think it was a sort of a product of the uh, environment we were in. We were drinking margaritas, kicking back, relaxing. Do you remember what kind of cigar it was? I think you mentioned it was a... Uh... Uh, it, we, I bought it in the Dominican Republic, so it had to have been a Dominican cigar because it's not like they're going to import it from somewhere else. And if they did, it would have been much more than the $15 in... Mexican or Dominican money, whatever I paid down there. Um, I did a little bit of research because I was planning on doing the show by myself in the event. Actually, I Never was hoping. Happened. Never hoping, happened. Hoping to do the show by myself. Yeah. Um, it is your show, John. Yeah. <laughs> so I was dying to just be able to say, I finally did it, folks. I got him off. Uh, but uh, 
I, I found I came across this thing, uh, Bill Gates, 11 rules that you will not learn in high school, and it blew me away how, how true and real it is and, and what a sad state that we're living in right now with how people feel about work. I saw it this morning when I went to pick up coffee. The uh, power was out at the place I get coffee usually, so I actually went to McDonald's and got their Newman's Own Coffee. The, and that you saw the best and brightest, obviously. I saw, what I saw was, <laughs> was a staff of very pretty girls in the front, very yeah. handsome guys in the back. I mean, they all could have had modeling careers. For whatever reason, they're working at McDonald's, yeah. and they're irritated at each and every customer that comes in because the job that they're doing is beneath them, and the customers are beneath them. And they choose not to be the best at whatever they do. They choose so, to be mad at the job they have and miserable the rest of their life. Therefore, they will be stuck at that job forever, probably not getting the promotions they think they deserve. And they might even be smart enough to be managers, but no one's going to give them a chance. Well, I hate to bring down a whole generation and stuff, but this is the entitled generation. It totally is. And that's Mine was Generation is. X. We were addicted to adrenaline, all doing crazy wild stunts. And this generation is the exact opposite. They're addicted to video games, sitting on the couch. And complaining about their job, which brings me to rule number one. Rule number one. You will not learn in high school that life is not fair. Get used to it. That's straight from Bill Gates, in my opinion, one of the smartest men in the country. Yep. Rule number two. The world won't care about your self-esteem. The world will expect you to actually accomplish something before you feel good about yourself. Yeah, you, go, you come around once in life. Chuck, this is your bag right here. Yeah, man. You, you come around once in life, do the best you can, and it's all you, and there's nobody to blame but yourself. So Absolutely. Yeah. I actually saw a guy this morning at this McDonald's. He had a tip in his hand. He was going to tip the girl, and she was so rude to him when she handed the thing, I saw him put the $2 back in his pocket. That says something right there. Do you know, do you know what the word tip means? <laughs> do you know what it means? I do know what it means. It's to ensure prompt service. Those are, that's why you give somebody a tip. Now, I already know the answer to this. How long did it take you to get a cup of black coffee, no sugar? This morning it took 20 minutes. Get out of here. 20 minutes I stood in to line pour black coffee into a cup and hand it to you yep. for a dollar. Exactly. Wow. So I stand First off, the, the big promotion is all-size coffee is a dollar is the promotion that's going on. Exactly. Therefore, you've got to expect you're going to get a lot of people coming in for a dollar cup of coffee. They so had those one coffee pot going. <laughs> there, were, there were easily 30 cars in the parking lot. Each and every one of us were in line. There was a line of 15 cars in the drive through and everybody wanted coffee. They had one coffee pot going. And for the folks that are listening around the country or around the world, here in New... First off, America, we drink... Like when we go down to the Dominican Republic in those third world countries, they give you a little thimble of coffee. Here in New England, especially, we drink coffee big. Yeah, we do. Large size coffee and lots of it. This? this is 24 ounces of coffee right here. It's crazy. Yeah. And that's a medium. <laughs> that's medium. So yeah. we, wow. we drink lots of it. You, you're going to say any size, a dollar. Most are going to get the large and they're going to get multiple things of it. You, it was in the morning. You've got to expect, and, they, and, and we have no coffee. You're going to have to wait 20 minutes. Well, I had to wait. She said, it's going to take five or ten minutes once I made the order. And I said to her, for black coffee, maybe she didn't hear me that I said black coffee. Why? If, if it had so, cream in it, it would have took extra? Well, you've got to put Could, the cream in the coffee. You've got to milk the cow? <laughs> so I wasn't happy about that. Whatever. No tip for her. No tip. I don't tip. tip coffee people anyways. Uh, you will not make $40,000 a year right out of high school. You will not be a vice president with a cell phone until you earn both. Imagine that. You How long ago earn. with the cell phone? They, yeah. all, they have a cell phone going in anyway, right? Well, they, had, they, they yeah. have their own cell phone. Uh, 
If you think your teacher is tough, wait until you get a boss. He doesn't have tenure. Right. Right. Uh, flipping burgers. This is, the, this is what made me think of McDonald's. Flipping burgers is not beneath your dignity. Your grandparents had a word for flipping burgers. They called it opportunity. Right. So Amen. True. This is Bill Gates. This is awesome. Richest he, man in the world. Yep. Or one of them. Yeah, easily one of them. Yeah. Uh, if you mess up, it's not your parents' fault, so don't whine about your mistakes. Learn from them. It's all you, baby. We all make mistakes. Right. Actually, Chuck, I, I do apologize. I gave you a hard time about almost setting us on fire with the amplifier. I feel bad for it now. It was a mistake? So, I, it probably it, wasn't even his mistake. No. The amplifier is <laughs> 35 years old. It probably was the thing just blowing up. So, uh, rule seven. Before you were born, your parents were not as boring as they are now. They got that way from paying your bills, cleaning your clothes, and listening to how cool you are. So before you save the rainforest from the parasites of your parents' generation, try delousing the closet in your own room. Where did he, did he say this to a group? Or he he, just he was giving a speech to a uh, high school group nice. on a graduation. I don't wow. know how they scored Bill Gates, but what an honor to have him talking at your, your high school graduation. And he, he's, not, he's not patting them on the back, boy. He's, he's setting not. them straight, and he that's is. what you need. Get set straight. Rule number eight. Your school may have done away with winners and losers, but life hasn't. In some schools, they have abolished failing grades, and they'll give you as many times as you want to get the answer right. This doesn't bear the slightest resemblance to anything in real life. That's right. Ringing the bell for that one. Well, you, you know what the problem also is, even on the sports end, that, you know, we're not keeping score, and everybody wins... And uh, you're all winners just for trying. And uh, that's not how life is. If you fail, you fail. If you're a loser, you're a loser. A loser is a loser. And that's it. Yes. We're going to get to number That's o- real life. Number 11 is going to be funny for you. All right. Go uh, ahead. Number nine. Life is not divided into semesters. You do not get summers or Christmas break off. And very few employers are interested in helping you find yourself. Please do that on your own time. Just get used to that idea right off the bat, and you'll be more successful. And I'll add to that, weekends, what does that mean? There is no you such know, if thing. You know, if you want to succeed and you want to grow and you work all the time, weekends. Somebody said to me, you must be really excited to have Fridays off because I do a part-time job coaching gymnastics. I don't have Fridays off. No. I worked all day Friday. Yeah, not that job. Right. I have several jobs. Uh, you know, when all the snow is coming out here and there's no jobs around, I said, look, look at all the jobs uh, uh, coming down out of the sky. Those were all jobs. No kid came to my door look, looking to shovel the snow. I would have. Rule 10, television. We'll call that the Jersey Shore. Oh, we'll call God. that the show Friends. Uh, that is not real life. In real life, people actually have to leave the coffee shop and go to work. Right. And then rule number 11 really pertains mostly to Bill Gates because I'm sure people were not nice to him when he was a kid. Uh, be nice to nerds. Chances are you'll end up working for Absolutely. one. Absolutely. This yeah. is the year, of the, year the, the, the decade of revenge of the nerds. Yeah, it is. You know, with the computers and all that yeah. stuff. So uh, making fun of those Star Trek kids, forget it. Don't do it. Well, I'm still going to make fun of Star Trek kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Well, anyway, that was interesting uh, with Teresa and the smoking hot chick. But I'll tell you, in the next hour, we have the Stogie guys coming on, which is, I'll tell you, I, I said it earlier in the hour, this is a website I go on to to learn. And myself. I learned, and I learned a ton during, doing the research. 
Oh, there's the music. There it is. So we'll, we'll also have this day in history. We'll come in, and I got a trivia contest if we got time later on for, for you guys. Nice. To see which uh, which one of you really know the most. So we'll I know get nothing. you guys against it. So anyway, stick around. We'll be back in just a couple minutes. You're listening to the Cigar Authority on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. Attention all business owners and entrepreneurs looking to grow your business or increase sales. Well, here's your chance to get in on the ground floor of our exclusive radio show, The Cigar Authority. The Cigar Authority is broadcast across four powerful radio stations throughout New England and across the globe via podcast and live video stream. Team up with the Cigar Authority Radio Network and start connecting with our vast and dynamic audience of educated consumers with disposable income. For advertising and business opportunities designed to take your business to the next level, call me, Chuck Morrison, today at 603-630-8041. That's 603-630-8041. Or send us an email at ads at thecigarauthority.com. Look, if there's one thing that's true about the Cigar Authority listeners, it's that they all enjoy the finer things in life. And that most certainly includes your product or service. And we're back with the Cigar Authority. 617-237-1234 is the number. Four stations listening to us live right now on a Saturday is WWZN AM 1510, The Revolution in Boston, WGHM 900 The Game in Nashua, New Hampshire, WARL 1320, Positive Energy in Providence, Rhode Island, and WGAM 1250, that's ESPN Radio in Manchester, New Hampshire, live streaming on Ustream. Dot TV, and you can catch us on pod, podcasted on podbeam.com or at any time. All the archives are on the cigarauthority.com. We got so much going on. We're on Facebook, we're on Twitter, we're on everything we can possibly get onto to spread the message and enjoy premium cigars. And it's like a religion, it is to us. And um, this is a show about. The finer things, The man. finer things in life and, all, and what happens in a cigar store. You go into any cigar store. We were telling some of the politicians when I was in Washington, D.C. this week that the cigar store is what the barbershop used to be. Mm. Um, guys come in after work, and they, uh, they may not even know each other. And, and one guy's a banker, and the other guy is a, a trash collector, and another guy is a construction guy, and another guy is, you know, could be anything. I was having a conversation with the guy that owns Giant Glass uh, a couple of months ago in Seabrook, right. sitting there talking to him, and I had no idea because I don't, I don't watch sports. What's that guy's name? Dennis Drinkwater? Yeah. So I'm talking to Dennis Drinkwater, not knowing who I'm talking to. He just introduces himself as Dennis. Wow. So I'm there, you know, kicking back. We're both smoking cigars, talking about the cigars. He gets up to go watch TV, and Dave catches out of the corner of his eye that I'm talking to him. And he comes up and he says, do you know who you were just talking to? And I'm like, it's Dennis. Yeah, that's Dennis Drinkwater. (laughs) And I'm like... The guy who sits in that one spot at the, the Red Sox, and I know that because I have a friend that every year she goes to the Red Sox game and she insists on going down and getting her picture taken with him because he, he sits like behind home yeah, plate or something. Yeah, he's got primo seats. Yeah, so yep. she, she goes and gets, you know, gets his autograph every year and gets her picture taken with him, updated. You know, he basically he knows her. He expects that he's going to see her every year. So uh, 
that was just a unique thing. That, I mean, that Dave, like you said, it's 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 the old, it's the new barbershop, and that's what I've noticed. And again, I'm the newbie to this whole experience, the whole cigar industry, really. Yeah. And, and that's what really impresses me. That's the best word to use is impress, because, like you said, you see all walks of life, whether yeah. you're the plumber, whether you're the business owner, the entrepreneur, whatever it is, everyone's mingling. You're on the same level, and yeah. it's you don't see that anywhere else today. You leave your egos outside, and 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 somebody will say, "Hey, what are you smoking? What am I smoking?" Because you can truly live like a millionaire. You can you can buy yourself that $12 cigar that the millionaire is smoking. You can't do it with anything else. You can't buy the watch, the car, or the house that he that he lives in, but you can certainly smoke the cigar he's smoking. And he's smoking one of the finest cigars, whether it be a Davidoff, a Padroni, and a Vasario, and he's sitting there. You can get one, too, and you can feel like a millionaire for an hour or two. Hey, and then, okay. it's, and then you know what? It's back to reality. <laughs> go back to work. Hopefully, like like Bill Gates would say, go back to work. And uh, you know what? Sitting with them, you might learn something. Oh, yeah. You know? And uh, I've learned a lot. I've, I've uh, met customers over the 26 years I've been in business. And my customers have taught me so much because there's very, very successful people out there. And I don't have a lot of schooling going on. So I learn from other people. And you can learn the wrong things or you can learn the right things. I choose to learn the right things and try to better myself. Mm-hmm. You want to learn the wrong things, the cigar shop is probably the wrong place to do that. Yeah. As far as the politicians go, I said they're voters. They watch what's going on. They know what's happening. Be careful of the cigar store. That is one thing that I've noticed is that they are all voters. Oh, yeah. During they- the political season, that is what people are talking That's about. They- I actually learned my my lessons about politics right here sitting down with the guys that I'm talking to. Absolutely. So the first cigar we smoked earlier was the Macanudo Cru Real. That cigar ran, that was the Robusto we smoked, $5.79. And what are our thoughts on that? Not a bad smoke. I, I probably would not buy it because it's a Macanudo, but if someone blinded me on it, I can tell you that I'd like it. For and that, I did like it. For that kind of money... Good cigar. Go I say good cigar. I like that kind of money. I liked it. Can we go over just the uh, cigar lighting etiquette again? I want to do that every once in a while. Okay. I had that on the sheet to do with the first cigar, but as usual, you blew right by my notes because you don't read them, <laughs> just like you don't listen when I'm talking. <laughs> so, <laughs> we, we talking about me? <laughs> I was losing interest. So uh, the proper way to go about lighting a cigar is you want to clip off just a little bit of the tip. Uh, and what I like to do is I clip off a little bit less than what I need to. Because you can always cut more. You can always cut more. So I put it in my mouth. Do a little draw on it. <clears throat> There's Nicaraguan tobacco in this thing, so it chokes you a little bit. But yeah, the next cigar we're smoking is El Baton, which is a Nicaraguan Puro, all Nicaraguan oh, cigar. Oh, and it's an awesome cigar. Okay. Very chocolatey. Uh, so the shoulders of the cigar, if you can imagine a cigar having a, a body of a person, the shoulders, you cut above the, the shoulder with a cutting the head off. You're decapitating right. your cigar. Right. Dave, Literally, actually, decapping. What about, I've heard this before, guys. Uh, the angle cut. Can you speak to that? A V cut. Uh, yeah. Uh, it, 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 in, in my opinion, it doesn't open up the cigar enough to get enough flavor out of it. I want as much as I can. But some people like it. That, by doing that, it cuts the V into it, the, and you'll, you'll never cut too much. So it's sure. good for the novice. There's also the bullet cut that cuts the circle. Yeah. Uh, again, not enough. I'm not getting enough flavors out of it. I want mine opened up. If you get a cigar that draws really well like this El Baton, a bullet cut's not going to be so bad. Uh, but if you get a cigar that draws a little bit tighter, mm. I'm trying to think of one. 
that's notorious a, for being a, tight. A Cuban? Well, okay. A real Cuban cigar <laughs> that every one of them draws like crap? Exactly. All right. So for that, you'd want to cut the, you know, halfway down the cigar. And so you anyways. Be, and you better have a poker to, to break uh, the, the uh, sticks and everything that's uh, left in it. But wow. it's, it's, a, it's a whole nother, whole nother show. So yeah. once, you've, once you've decapped your cigar there and you've cut it and you find that it's drawing the way you want it to draw, rather than just putting it in your mouth and lighting it up right away, you really want to just sear the outside of the, uh, the, the foot. Just get it toasty warm so it starts to smoke a little bit. Now, I don't have a problem with him using my lighter, which is what he's doing right now. But mine just is not staying lit. I'm having a problem. It's all right. And it's a Zyka, so it's guaranteed for life. But I'm going to tell you, I, I was just with a whole bunch of people when we went to Washington. You, you go with your tools. You got your lighter, you got your cutter, you got your tools. I don't want anybody using my cutter anymore that sticks a cigar in their mouth, licks the cigar. I don't know what the heck they're doing. They're making love to it. And then after the cigar is all slopped up, they say, can I borrow your cutter? Now, what's going to happen at that point? They're going to use my cutter. They're going to put it on their cigar with a slop on it, cut it. They're going to hand it back to me, and I got to use that cutter on my cigar where that's where I'm going to cut and my mouth's going to go on it. And... I just couldn't hold back That's when it. I saw somebody do it. And these were tobacconists. I'm like, what are you doing? You know, at that point, I want to sterilize my cutter. Get your <laughs> own damn cutter and leave my cutter alone. Use my lighter if you want. It doesn't matter. But come on. Yeah. I mean, it's ridiculous. You, you, I don't know where that started. You're, wait, where you're pe- not, you're where not. people stick the cigar in their mouth. and they, It must have been like in the 50s or something when the cigar wasn't humidified enough and it was, it was too dried out, and they lick it and, and stick it in their mouth, and the slime is stretching off it. I mean, it's gross. And it, as don't be do- afraid to tell us how you really feel about this. It, it just you're not happened. into making out with dudes? It just happened the other day. <laughs> And then as the guy did, I see it, the slime come off the cigar, and as he pulled it out of his mouth, he said, can I use your cutter? And I hadn't cut my, mine yet. And I was like, dude, are you kidding me? I, I cut my cigar first. I go, why do you do that? And I still got the cutter in my hand, haven't given to him. Why do you do that? Now I'm going to give you the cutter, and it's going to be uh, all germed up and everything. Do, you know, what, what do you got to do that for? What, I like He's very upset about this. This is good, though. He's actually Ooh. visibly shaken right now. I like to <laughs> taste my cigar after I cut it before I even light it. A pre-taste before sure. you even light the cigar. Okay, and we're in that, in that uh, talk right now of what happens. So you cut the dry cigar and then pre-taste it mm. or whatever's going on, and you didn't do that to the cigar. You didn't do it anyway, so it's fine to use it. But, folks, even if you're a regular cigar smoker, you've been doing it for years, because that we have lots me, of customers do. I see them do it at the register. They that come makes they me c- nervous about using the cutters at the register now. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I will gross, man. never use a cutter that's been at the register ever again as long as I live. Buy, you buy your own for, personal cutter. You know, a couple of flus for the – you can buy a, a, a great $10 cutter, and it's yours. Ignorance you, was bliss. You, you buy uh, a polio cutter or something or a uh, Zycar cutter, $30, $40, guaranteed for life. It's yours forever and ever, and you, you don't have to deal with that stuff. The problem is that somebody's going to, and you're going to be a jerk if you don't let them borrow your cutter. When I think I'd be a jerk at this point. I'd say, I'm sorry, you just slobbered all over your cigar. Get a different cigar, and I'll cut it for you, and then you can slobber. God, it's just, uh, I don't know, is it a pet peeve or what, I what, guess it, it, is. what it is? But uh, all it's, right. co- it's cold and flu season, folks. Sorry to interrupt Get your, your own uh, Sorry, your rant. <laughs> but we uh, we have Patrick. I believe it's Patrick Ashby on the phone. Uh, Patrick, Stogie are you there? Guys. 
I'm here. How are you doing, guys? I'm doing great. Hi. And this is Patrick Ashby? It is. All yep. right. Because it, uh, there's three Patricks and a George. I'm wondering how George <laughs> feels about being the odd man out. Yeah, you know, we're, we've been trying to find another Patrick so we could get rid of George, but we just haven't been successful yet. So we're going to keep looking. You're going to uh, have a hard time because you guys are all really, really great writers, I'll tell you. I found myself well, completely lost. Much. I appreciate that. I, I was lost in your entire site doing research for this. I couldn't even I couldn't even pick an article to print out because each one was better than the next one. Yeah, you guys are, are, are real professional writers. It's not an amateur blog by any means. Anybody listening on there, uh, stogieguys.com, stogie uh, it, it's a professional uh, website of uh, professional writers. I mean, this is not just any blog out there. And, and as a, uh, uh, a real cigar geek myself, I'll tell you, even for this show, I get a lot of information from your site. And I've got to thank you so much for that. Well, I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you very much for the compliment. And I, you know, I, I, we owe you a debt of gratitude as well. We really appreciate everything you're doing to help educate cigar smokers, especially about uh, cigar rights, tobacco taxes, and smoking bans and things of that nature. I think that's uh, just incredibly important. It's something that we write about very frequently. So I, I thank you for for all you do for for cigar smokers. No, oh, it, it needs to be done, and you know I'm protecting my own butt too. So I don't want anybody to think any differently. But it's it's something we all have to do. And I and the, the unfortunate thing is there's so many tobacconists out there not doing it. So you know some of us have to work extra extra hard to do their work for them. So uh, I don't know if you caught on earlier. I, I was in D.C. for the past five days, and I looked. At, you guys are out there in Virginia yourself. I live in Fairfax, Virginia, and work in Arlington, and um, Patrick Simmons, uh lives uh, in Falls Church, Virginia, so we're all just in the D.C. suburbs. The other Patrick and George live down in Florida. Okay. I, ha- I had some great times down there after hours. We went to Shelley's Back Room. We went to Landini's where we, we, we hosted our, uh, our meetings every single day. Um, there's some great cigar places down there, so I can see where some of the passion must come from because people are spending some big bucks and they are making some beautiful cigar lounges in that area. Really nice. Yeah, that place at, at uh, Landini Brothers is particularly incredible. They were nice enough to give us a tour while they were still undergoing construction, and um, it's just really kind of phenomenal. So, um, yeah, you're right. There's some great venues here. We're lucky to have that. Yeah, uh, Landini's is a private club, high-end private club, and uh, I'll tell you, the bathrooms were unbelievably impressive. Um, Dave loves a good bathroom. <laughs> with showers and... Uh, really? I mean, it was... It was outrageous. I mean, showers was, in the bathroom? Yeah, it was fantastic. Just in case, right? Hey, whatever. It, you know, uh, mouthwash and, and, and uh, the uh, atmosphere of it. I mean, they must have spent some money on the designers in this place because this place is over the top. That's awesome. Over the top. Patrick, um, as I was clicking through the articles uh, on your site and literally being drawn deeper and deeper, every time I clicked, I was more interested. Uh, what gave you the idea to start uh, another cigar site? Because, uh, you know, you guys, it looks like you started in uh, May of 06. Is that right? May of 06, and we've been publishing seven days a week since then. So we're coming up on five years. Um, Patrick Simmons and I were colleagues working at the same place uh, here in D.C., and we just both, you know, found that we really enjoyed a lot of the same things. We enjoyed bourbon. We enjoyed cigars. In particular, we enjoyed golf. And um, 
came up with the idea of just doing like an online cigar journal because at that time, you know, I had been smoking for a while, but I, I, I wasn't very educated and I wanted to learn more. And I find, you know, sometimes the best way to learn about something is to write about it. Absolutely. And um, so we just decided to, you know, write about the cigars we were smoking to keep track of the ones we liked, the ones we didn't like. Um, and things just kind of spiraled from there. I'm, uh, you know, I think Patrick and I both share a very deep frustration at the way, you know, the, the pervasive nanny statism that's taking over, uh, you know, that's preventing people from being able to smoke in private establishments or outdoors even and these incredible tobacco taxes. You know, I think we figured that, you know, our, I, I still think that our comparative advantage is um, in, you know, discussing those issues and helping educate consumers because, you know, I firmly believe that um, we're not going to be able to reverse the tide until there's more people who understand, you know, what's exactly at stake and how they're going to be affected so that they can organize and, and help fight back against some of these uh, taxes and bans. No. So, um, yeah, it's, it, you know, we've, I, I've just enjoyed it. I, I love everything about this industry. I love, you know, I love writing. And, um, you know, you're right, there are a lot of cigar blogs out there, and there's a lot of really good ones, and we're just lucky to be part of that community. I wouldn't say that you're lucky at all. You guys are definitely doing your homework. You're working very, very hard, uh, putting together a very professional product. Uh, in this day and age, everyone seems to be copying Cigar Aficionado with the 100-point system. Uh, how do you feel about the 100-point system, and do you guys have a system of your own for rating cigars? We do have a system of our own. You know, I, th I know that Cigar Aficionado has a 100-point system. There's a lot of other cigar um, websites that have 100-point systems. I don't, you know... I'm not going to badmouth that. I think that, you know, for a lot of people that works, and I know there's a lot of people that like that, you know, I think 100 is a number that's easy to understand. But, you know, sometimes when I'm reading these reviews in Cigar Aficionado in particular and just being, you know, having a really vague understanding of exactly what those numbers mean, we do have a system. We do, um, we do uh, one out of five, uh, you know, so like a five out of five cigar is, is top. Four and a half out of five is very good, and so forth. And um, we just find that that keeps it a little simpler. But I think you know the bigger thing than just having like a some sort of numeric rating system is to being able to clearly articulate why it is you like a cigar, what you liked about it, or what you didn't like. That's what's most important because that's what somebody's going to take away. They're not going to remember the number at the end of the day, or they shouldn't. Right. They, well, they shouldn't, but uh, as a retailer, I'll tell you, uh, they do come in and they're looking for the big numbered thing. The advertising goes on the big numbered thing as opposed to, um, you know, a, a five. They would say, you know, it just got a 92, 93 or something, how it works. And, uh, you know, we've, we've, uh, it, it's known out there how we feel about it. Um, you know, uh, look, looking at your site and seeing that you can appreciate a milder cigar is very, very important because the future of our business as, as a retailer and selling these things, you know, you always want to bring in new customers and new people to the enjoyment of premium cigars. And if a new person ended up jumping on these 92, 93, very, very full-bodied cigars, I think you, you, what we're doing is losing customers. We're losing potential customers anyway. And uh, I appreciate uh, somebody who can appreciate a mild cigar to be able to say a mild cigar is good. And that's what I get out of your site, that, uh, you know, looking at some of the things you rated, you, you had no problem with uh, maybe not saying that you're, you're macho men, and, uh, you know, you can handle the strong stuff, but you can appreciate a mild cigar, too. 
Yeah, no, you know, I, I tend to think about cigars like, you know, music. I like lots of different kinds of music, and sometimes, you know, I'd rather listen, listen to something softer than something that's really loud or fast. Um, you know, I find, like, as a, you know, just as a cigar fan that, you know, different parts of the day or different meals or different occasions call for different kinds of cigars. And, you know, I, you're right. I think part of, you know, what's going on here is cigars for some people have become this, you know, uh, macho activity. How fast can I smoke it? How big can the cigar be? How dark can it be? How strong can it be? And sometimes you get these cigars that have the subtlety of a sledgehammer, and it's like, you know, it's like a Michael Bay movie, right? Yeah. Where it's just lots of explosions and not a whole lot of substance. Yeah. Um, but you know, let's not forget about some of the some of the more fantastic mild cigars that are on the market. And I've been told by um, many a cigar maker, people who are actually doing some of the blending, that these mild cigars that actually taste really good. Those are much harder to blend of than course. some of the stronger cigars. Of course. You, you throw so in that, some, some heavy Lajero into a cigar that will over, overtake any uh, um, bad that's in, a, uh, in the wrapper or something, any sour notes or things like that. You'll never taste them because it's overpowered by the black pepper and, and nobody ever tastes it. So, of course, it's easier and they're able to uh, throw in some cheaper stuff to, to make a very, very smooth cigar. It's going to take very clean tobacco all the way through. It's costly. We're talking to Patrick Ashby from the StokeyGuys.com website. Uh, you guys do a, a different article every day, seven days a week. You've been doing that for five years. When you're doing your rating, which characteristics get the most weight in your five-cigar system? Do you rate flavor, appearance, price, draw, balance? Uh, what, what, what is the number one part of the cigar profile that gets the most weight? Yeah, I mean, all the things that you mentioned are taken into account. I think, I think flavor and um, balance and complexity are, uh, are tantamount. That said, you know, again, getting back to these numerical ratings, um, you know, there's different people that review different cigars. I hope that our readers aren't taking away, you know, when, when we publish a review, they're not just remembering different numbers. Sure. Um, I hope that they're, that they're remembering you know, the way that we describe certain things or, or you know, um, what we had to say specifically about the cigar's construction. So the short answer to your question is, you know, I think flavor, complexity, and balance, those are the most important things. And then from there, you, you know, you can get down to the, the way the cigar burns um, and uh, other characteristics. What about the value? Uh, you guys, well, I know, I know for a fact that you talk about value all the time. Um, so value, I would I would guess on your site is is rated heavily as well. Yeah, I think value is part of it. You know, that's an interesting question because um, you know I know that there are some sites that say you know we prefer not to include the cigar's price in the uh, rating of the cigar at all. My opinion is that value is important because when you're a cigar consumer, and frankly, that's who we're writing for. When you're a cigar consumer and you're going in a shop, I mean, you have to take value into consideration. Sure. If you have $25 to spend on every single cigar that you smoke, I, mean, I have no doubt that you're going to have, you, you'll have the ability to smoke some very fantastic cigars. But for most people, you know, they're trying to find the great cigars that are out there that, that they can afford to smoke. 
and um, we're trying to help them do that. As a buyer of cigars, own, owning stores myself, the uh, manufacturer may come into me with some sampling of different cigars, and um, this is typically how it happens. And they have the cigar with you, and you're smoking the cigar and trying the cigar. Hey, what do you think of it? What do you think of it? And I'm, I, I tend to back off of what do I think of it as I'm smoking it because I want to see the price sheet. And they say, well, is, sure. it a, is it a good cigar? Is it not a good cigar? I said, well, it all depends on what the price is because if you ended up uh, giving me the cigar and you said, you know, it's a 3 $4 retail, geez, it's a great cigar. If you said this is $20, you know, uh, I'm not going to be able to sell it. it. It's still a good cigar, but it's not a great cigar anymore. Well, how can that be? It was, it, it's either a great cigar or it's not a great cigar. Well, uh, you know, I, I'm... Being a retailer, I'm very lopsided when it comes to the value of it because truly, as a retailer, there's two kinds of cigars, the cigars that sell and those cigars that don't sell. So it, ha- it has to be priced uh, correctly in order for it to be a marketable product. And, uh, you know, there are good, cheap cigars. And um, over the years, there's been, uh, especially during the cigar boom days and stuff, there's been very, very expensive cigars that can't even compete or compare with with the the uh, lower price stuff. So uh, uh, I I don't know anybody that's actually doing that. But um, it's and you know you're talking really to the consumer anyway. But believe me, the manufacturers and the cigar stores are reading your site. Uh, you, when uh, while I was away in Washington, I got a call from Jonathan that said you were going to be on the show, and uh, uh, Jose Blanco was actually with me. And uh, when I got the phone call and I said, oh, I got the Stogie guys coming on the show or something, he is very, very impressed with your stuff. And he says, those guys are fantastic. And uh, it was just, uh, you know, all of a sudden it was a love fest about uh, uh, Stogie guys that everybody is very, very impressed with with your stuff. So I want you to know that anyway. Well, I appreciate that. And, and Jose is a great guy. We actually just attended. He was doing a tasting seminar at the uh, the local tobacconist that I frequent. And uh, it was an opportunity for us to taste some pure-grade little cigars that are made uh, entirely wrapper, binder, filler with um, one specific type of tobacco. Um, and um, so to taste them separately and then to taste them together, it was quite an experience. And Jose's a great guy. He's very animated, yeah. very funny, um, he's well, very he's, personable. He's passionate. And, and I think the cigar industry is lucky to have him. Yeah, absolutely. Did you smoke the cigar? He was telling me about a cigar where... Um, different wrappers are wrapped on the cigar as as you smoke the cigar. You you go into different wrappers as it's going on. Did you hear anything? I about heard that? about that cigar. He told me that they were debut that um, they had brought that down to the um, the Pro Cigar Festival yeah. down in the Dominican Republic, which just wrapped up. And um, so he was t- describing that to me, but that was not part of the okay. particular tasting yeah. summer. But I would be very interested in that. Me too. You know, the barber pole cigars and the cigars that have had that have different wrappers. We're starting to see some more of that in recent years. Um, I, I have, you know, I have some doubts about whether or not that's a lasting feature of the industry or not. But just to have the ability to taste the way the wrapper influences one particular kind of blend. Uh, just in itself, that's an educational experience that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, I, I was asked, when he was telling me about it, I said, do you have one on you? I'd love to do it. You know, I got very, very excited. I wanted to do it right then. Do you understand what I'm saying? That they, they're wrapping uh, a strip of, of a certain wrapper here and then a different strip over here, and as the thing oh, went on, wow. so the filler and binder is the same, and as you're going through, 
you're smoking it, it completely changes. You've got to imagine it completely changes. I've done it where, uh, and I know they did it with the La Aurora blend with the Robusto years ago that they had the same exact cigar with different wrappers on it. But this is all actually in one cigar. So I, I, I'd be really looking forward to doing that myself. Yeah, no, I think that would be uh, amazingly interesting. Hey, would you guys mind if I just change the subject real quick? Please do. I know it's your, <laughs> I know it's your show, but I was I was interested. Uh, I was listening earlier about the uh, Bill Gates. Um, yeah. Uh, his uh, his recommendations about what you can't learn in high school, and I agree with everything he had to say. And you know, Bill Gates deserves a lot of credit for all that he's accomplished in his life, and you know, all that goes without saying. However, let's also keep in mind that the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation is. Um, uh, donating tens of millions of yeah. dollars to fight for tobacco taxes and bans and outdoor stuff in New York. I know they're working really closely with Mayor Bloomberg, so that's never a good thing. Right. So um, just wanted just wanted to point that out for your audience. Absolutely. And Bill Gates needs a little education because what we were trying to do down down there in Washington is teach him that premium cigars are not other cigar products, and we need to be categorized different. We can't be lumped in because they, they, they have some uh, credibility when it comes to some of the things they end up saying. And the problem is, is premium cigars don't belong in that, but we get lumped in with them. And, and that's the, the major fact that it needs to happen uh, nationwide. Here in New Hampshire, we're the, we're the only state that actually pulled it off so far. New Hampshire is the only state in the country that actually has categorized premium cigars different than all other tobacco products. Yeah, I wonder why that is. Right, which, which was, you know, we have a group here in New Hampshire, and we get together and we, we try to educate these, and these senators and, and House members, and the problem is, I'll tell you, they're all nice people. They are, in, in the nicest way I can say it, is ignorant of what this product really is. And, uh, and that's what the problem is. And I, and I feel that way. I don't, I don't think Bill Gates... Well, Bloomberg, on the other hand, is, uh, seems like the devil to me right now. And, and we're going to get into that uh, later on in the show of some of the things he's doing. But I think Bill Gates is just simply ignorant of this fact right now. And I think that's what the problem's happening. And I don't think I'm going to get to sit down with Bill Gates and, uh, and explain it to him. But I hope somebody does. Yeah, no, I, I agree, uh, and creating that distinction is very important. You know, ig- ignorance is something that's in no short supply here in here in Washington, and and I think probably in most state capitals as well. Um, you know, also very, I know you're very concerned about the threat that's posed by the FDA regulation of cigars and what that might do to stifle innovation in the industry. There's, of there's just so many issues that are going on right now that cigar smokers need to be aware of. You know, these are imminent threats, um, and it's very important to contact your lawmakers and. And, and, you know, do all that you can to help make sure that we're able to smoke cigars uh, where we'd like to and, and make sure that uh, cigar companies have this free speech uh, to put, you know, things on their packaging and design labels and all that basic stuff that, you know, you're supposed to be able to do in this country. Um, it's, all, it's all being threatened right now. Absolutely. Okay, we're, we're, we're up against a break, but is there any cigar you can tell us uh, that you've, you've smoked real recently? Maybe it isn't even on your blog yet or something that uh, we should be looking for, something you're loving? Well, one thing that I, I you know, I know we were talking about Jose Blanco, so I don't, I don't want anybody to get the impression that we're just in, in cahoots with, um, with La Aurora, but I have absolutely been loving their new Guillermo Leone. Uh, I think it's a it's it's just an amazing cigar. I love the profile. I love how it's it's got this like creamy, sweet, um, milk chocolatey kind of characteristic to it. 
Um, I'm smoking one of them right now, and um, it's just a fantastic smoke, so I would highly recommend it. Okay, I haven't had that myself, so we'll have to try that on the, on the next show maybe. Uh, as, I don't think anyone uh, looking at your site is going to think uh, anybody is in cahoots with you guys at all because it looks to me like the most fair and honest you thing guys, I've seen out there. It's totally consum- call it like it is. You're, you're dedicated to the regular folks, which we are as well. You're constantly referencing the economy and value. Um, do you, actually, do you guys find it difficult to continually speak to the regular the regular people? Uh, no, uh, you know I think it's you know first of all we you know we would have a lot to lose by um, not speaking our mind and not being very honest, right? So maybe in the short term you could get some advertising revenue by giving a cigar and uh, a rating that it doesn't deserve. But in the long term, I, my personal opinion is that you know those sorts of publications are going to be found out by the very smart and very educated cigar uh, smokers who are part of the online cigar community. So I think it's, uh, you know, I think we've, you know, we've done a good job of keeping in mind who we're writing to, and, and we're going to continue to do that. All right. Well, thank you very much, Patrick, for coming on. That's Patrick Ashby with the StokeyGuys.com. Thank you. Well, thank you. There's our music. We're going right to a break. Thank you again, Patrick. Okay, that's stogieguys.com. Check them out. It's a great site, and they got lots on it. Uh, you're listening to the Cigar Authority. We're going to be back right after this short break. Flor de Lorraine. She came from the streets of Paris. Flor de Lorraine is a magnificent jewel of a cigar with a contemporary French style and prestige. Flor de Lorraine marries rare, aged tobaccos in old-world craftsmanship. Flor de Lorraine. Deep layers of lush tobaccos fuse in a symbol of charismatic intensity for luxurious expression with no concession. Flor de Lorraine. Discover Flor de Lorraine's rich, bold taste with a little European flair. Flor de Lorraine. Discover the extraordinary craftsmanship behind every Flor de Lorraine. Flor de Lorraine. Discover Flor de Lorraine's elegance, charm, and value. Flor de Lorraine, now available in natural or Maduro. Discover Flor de Lorraine cigars at fine tobacconists everywhere. Flor de Lorraine. Flor de Lorraine. From the streets of Paris to you. Let me ask you a serious question. Do you like what you're doing for a living? Are you sick of being in the rat race, living life on other people's terms? Hi, this is Chuck Morrison from MakingMountainsMove.com, and I challenge you to take back control of your life and make mountains move to live the life that you were meant to live. If you have a dream, a burning desire, but feel miles away from living it, I can help. You see, I used to be a stressed-out corporate slave with time for everyone but me and my family until I made the decision to follow my heart and pursue my passion. Today, I'm living life on my terms and helping people achieve the same in record time. Look, you have a purpose to serve in this life, and I can guarantee you it's not to be stuck inside of some job or some career that's sucking the life right out of you. It's time for you to take back control of your life. It's time for you to make mountains move. Take the first step today. Head on over to makingmountainsmove.com and sign up for my free number one secret to help you get out of your job and into your dream. It's time for you to make mountains move. I say, sir, enjoying a good cigar shouldn't cost you a fortune. 
And it doesn't have to when you light up a classic. Classic brand cigars are priced right, and there is a blend or size just right for you. Classic Connecticut is a mild and smooth smoke, while the classic Maduro is deep, dark, and delicious. The classic Cameroon has a hint of natural sweetness that will keep you coming back for more and more. But it's the classic Cuban that is bold and full-flavored, just like the classic Cuban cigars from before the embargo. Every classic blend is available in four classic sizes. The Robust, Toro, Churchill, and Torpedo. But whichever one you choose, a classic cigar will guarantee you a smooth and easy draw. Classic cigars. The name says it all, sir. The ads are all over TV and radio. Foreclosure, default, loan modification. If you're having trouble making your mortgage payments, before you give up, ruin your good name and lose your home, you need to call Paul Antonelli, that short sale guy. As a Coldwell Banker agent, Paul specializes in helping people sell their home in a short sale. You see, a short sale is a complicated transaction most real estate agents don't understand. Not every homeowner can qualify for a short sale, and some lose valuable time and money when they try the short sale process only to to find that they don't qualify. Paul understands the process and knows the steps for a successful short sale. When you call, Paul will cover all the necessary details and tell you if a short sale is possible on your property. Remember the name, Paul Antonelli, or go to thatshortsaleguy.com and watch Paul's informational videos. Then call and let his expertise guide you to a successful short sale. You're at your computer now, so go to thatshortsaleguy.com. Paul Antonelli and the short sale team. Go to thatshortsaleguy.com. Born of cold Russian winters, the wheat of hammer and sickle is hand-cleared in the Black Earth region, then dry-shipped to the distillery, where masters of the craft distill and filter hammer and sickle six times, transforming the harvest into a smooth, super-premium vodka, worthy of its Russian heritage. Hammer and sickle, super-premium vodka, Russian reborn. 40% alcohol by volume, imported by Green Spirits, LLC, Massachusetts. Way to step over her voice, Mr. Jonathan. Sorry. (laughs) You forgot she has that important thing to say at the end. 617-237-1234 is the number. You're listening to the Cigar Authority. Good show so far. These people know their cigars that we bring on, and that's the way to go with this. Um, I want to mention one other thing. Uh, He he was bringing up um, the Stogie guys brought up uh, Bloomberg. Um, New York voted to ban smoking outdoors in public places. This thing took effect, just so you understand. The move which passed 36 to 1, 36 to 1, makes New York one of the least smoke-friendly places in the United States, probably in the world. New York Mayor Michael Bloomberg has removed the possible places to smoke in New York City. It is illegal to smoke in the 1,700 city parks, including the 643-acre Central Park. You cannot smoke a cigar in Central Park. You know some of the stuff that's going on in Central Park? The craziness that's happening, and I won't get into the, the laundry list of bad Thank you. stuff that goes on in Central Park, but you know what? You can't smoke a cigar, you'll get arrested. Um, 14 Backwards. miles. You get arrested for the other stuff, too, in fairness, if you got caught. You'd get arrested. 
It's not like the stuff that they're doing is legal. Well, Sorry to burst your bubble. Um, 14 miles of city beaches and boardwalks in the marina. Even popular pedestrian hangouts uh, in newly redesigned Times Square. So New Year's Eve, Times wow. Square. The ball imagine? drops. Congratulations, celebration. Here it is. Don't you dare light up. you got to be kidding me. I'm lighting up anyways if I go there. Um, it has, the it is, what has it not affected? Has it not affected city sidewalks and private businesses yes. where smoking is presently allowed, which is basically rooftop bars? That's about it, on top of the roof. Um, it, it is, uh, so the, the roof could be on fire. This uh, is expected to take effect in about 80 days from right now, and that is Mr. Bloomberg, um, which... Oh, my God. What's next? This guy's spending millions and millions of his own dollars because he has a vendetta against smoking, and he is not stopping. And, uh, folks, even if there's people listening to the show that aren't, aren't smokers, you can't let this stuff go on because the day is going to come that they're going to come after yep. what you love. Yep. Yeah. Okay? So both of you that don't smoke that are listening, right. <laughs> you get out there and you vote and vote with us. It's it. it, it it's horrible, and it's, uh, it's a disaster, and, I can't, it's get, and it's getting worse. I can't take it anymore, Dave. It just, I am dying to crush Chuck at this day in history, and you keep pushing it later and later in the show so that I have to wait longer and longer. You've you got to wait longer because I think we've got a caller. All right. Fine. <laughs> Here we do. We do. So let's take the caller. Is this Rudy? How's it going? Rudy, Rudy, thanks for calling in, buddy. Rudy. Sorry we had to push you back because we had these other people on, but you're number one, baby. What's up? <laughs> no, actually, uh, I was just going to say it's it's been a really great show so far. Probably one of the better ones because uh, because Mr. Jonathan did the show subject. prep. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> well, the the interview subjects have been pretty good, pretty interesting. Yeah, they knew their stuff. Go. They knew their stuff. That's for sure. And and it didn't hurt that we smoked uh, a cigar you recommended right off the top, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, no. See, and let me. I, I've I've said this before, but. Let me say this again. I, it's, it's not like I'm a, a flag-waving Macanudo fan. Okay. Uh, he has said that before, I, actually. I just, th- I just think that if you're going to smoke a diverse selection of cigars, it doesn't hurt to go back to Macanudo because, actually, the one that I smoked wasn't, wasn't tasteless. So, you know, to each his own. I would never smoke uh, a brick house again just because it made me vomit the first time. Wow. I one. So, you know, uh, to each his own. Oh, you got to go back to a brick house. Are you kidding me? You vomited on the first uh, one. No, I can't. can't do it. I cannot do that. Have I you tried can. the El Baton, which is the brick house's like cousin? Uh, the one you guys are smoking today, you mean? Yes. Right. No, I haven't. Because to me, this one tastes like a s'more. It's like got a little chocolate. Okay. It's got a little graham cracker. I even got a little marshmallow. It's nice. Yeah. It's okay. Mo- Interesting. So. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's the thing is, with the brick house, I wasn't even expecting to be sick. It wasn't super heavy when I was smoking it, just, you know, a lot of pepper flavor. But then when I got inside the house, you know, it was all over. Oh, God. Well, I, I, um, Chuck liked the Macanudo uh, very much. Yeah, I did, actually. Uh, I, I liked it. I, I liked it as well. I, I uh, you know, I was pleasantly surprised. It, it actually didn't look good at all. Uh, the wrapper looked kind of rough and stuff, and that, that, that doesn't mean anything either. But, uh, you know, my, my story was that uh, the mistake is that 
people predetermine something because of what it's called, the band itself, which I did obviously myself too because it's called Macanudo, and I said, you know, it's a big mistake. I think it is a big mistake because you're turning people uh, like myself off simply by putting that name on it because uh, I know that I don't care for the hay-tasting Macanudo, but this was not that at all. Not at all. Mm. So you you, you, yeah. what you've done by, by kind of going against that instinct today, I think, is, and I said this on the chat box earlier, I think you're kind of breaking down a, a little bit of those walls and saying, you know, it doesn't have to be every single cigar in a particular brand. It could be, you know, maybe you do like one of their lines or whatever. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that, uh, that you guys thought it was great. I've heard from other people that it was great, too. Um, I actually just had a, a question. I want, I want you guys to be able to get to the rest of your show, obviously, but... Um, you know, when you mentioned on your Facebook wall that you were going to, to Washington to talk to uh, talk to people about the FDA, a lot of us kind of questioned whether or why the FDA was getting their hands on cigars when there's an organization called the ATF, right? Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms. So could you... Could you just clarify that a little bit as to why the FDA is getting involved in that? Well, about two years ago, the FDA, uh, the, the government gave control to the FDA of tobacco products. And unfortunately, that's the way they worded it. And um, we fought with them. This was two years ago when we said, you know, um, we don't want you to take any effect of premium cigars. So they put the exclusion on cigars, not premium cigars, cigars. What happened this year is all of a sudden, and, and this is what we knew was going to happen, they're going after um, you know, things like blunt wraps and things like that. We're not any part of that anyway, but in the wording that they ended up doing it is they call it other tobacco products, where we can easily fall into the word other tobacco products. So we get worried about that because once you open the door for them and you let them in, that's the end of it. And some of the right. legislation that we're seeing that's happening on the cigarette end and the, and the, uh, the chewing tobacco and stuff is they want to go to black and white. They want to put the, uh, the rotted lungs on the pitches on three-quarters. of. You're up in Canada. You see what it looks like. This is what oh, they, yeah. No, we, we've got all that up here, yeah. This is what they want to do um, with other tobacco products. And can you imagine, you know, take a box of um, Opus X, for instance, all the beautiful artwork and everything that happens there. Put it in black and white. Put three quarters of it that has uh, um, a, a warning label, which we're fighting also on the health aspects because we, we think it's junk science that, that says anything to do with premium cigars are bad. We have actually completely the opposite information, and we paid a lot, a lot of money, our organization, um, thousands and thousands of dollars to have scientists look into not our own studies, but the studies that have already been done by uh, the people looking to make us look bad. And we took theirs and we proved line after line after line that it was just junk, junk science. And they, they truly don't want to hear that. Was know? anyone from the CRA right. with you in D.C.? CRA, no. This was, this was um, and, and why, you know, you know I'm kind of like blowing it that I, I end up writing something on Facebook that I'm going there. I, I serve on the board of directors of the IPCPR. And, you know, what we do, and in, in especially before we do it, um, is really pretty much not to be leaked because what ended up happening to us, and I don't know if I'm talking out of school or not, but when something gets leaked of what 
an organization is doing, the people that are opposing your organization have time yeah. to get ready yeah. in the, in the, and the, to be there waiting for you when you show up. Well, believe it or not, when we showed up, the people that showed up to oppose us was Swisher International. Swisher is Swisher Sweets yeah. and, and those... Uh, candy-flavored cigars, for lack of a better word. They're the ones with the great blunts and things like that. They were there, and they were opposing us the day we got there. They were there before we got there, and and the word leaked out that we were showing up, and uh, this is what ended up happening. I was was pretty vague saying what I was uh, going down there for FDA or something, but, um, you know, I'm going to have to stop backing off until as soon as I get back is what I did and everything because... We are separated. We're, we're a uh, cigars are not cigars. There's premium cigars and there's other tobacco products. And we, as the IPCPR, do not want to be lumped with them. And we don't want to do it because they're going after kids and they're going after blunt drug wraps and things like that. And that's not what this is all about. Right. So, so Dave, is the, do you think the government is just giving control of tobacco gradually to the FDA because they consider nicotine a drug? Is that it? Uh, you know, and, and, like, and, well, I, don't, I don't know that for sure. I know that the, it is the government that's handing it to them and the folks at the FDA, which I know they, the head of the FDA is going to the TP, the Tobacco Expo Show, uh, March 2nd and 3rd, and they're going to try to get that answer. But from what I hear, they don't want that information. They don't want to handle cigars. You know, they've asked not to, but uh, the government's right. the government, and they tell them what to do. All right, not to yeah, wrap. It doesn't, make sense. it doesn't make sense because, I mean, alcohol, tobacco, and firearms, it's right in the name, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I love them all. I love them. <laughs> yeah. Rudy, we, we have to let you go because otherwise I won't be of able course. to kill Chuck in the This Day in History challenge that we do. <laughs> so, right. sorry to bump okay. you. Thanks a lot, guys. Rudy, no thank, thank you for everything. All right, take care. Okay, that's a, right. that's a, a listener since day one. I mean, he's been on the chat box Absolutely. and watching with us, so he's a uh, he's good. Let the domination begin. Okay, God. this day in history. I have no information here, so you got it all. I do. Oh yeah, this day in history. We have uh, the 50th day of the year. There are 315 days left remaining until the end of the year, and I don't care how many days are left before Christmas okay. since it's my show now. Yeah. <laughs> so 1859, Daniel E. Sickles, the NY congressman, is acquitted of murder on grounds of temporary insanity. This is the very first time in uh, the, this is the very first time ever in the United States that temporary insanity gets used to get somebody off. Okay. What do you think of that? And, Chuck, and, and, it's a draw. All right, I knew I knew you'd have that so, one. So what's with the what, what, what's the song? What do you Insane mean? Insane in the brain. How do you not know that All song? All right, that's okay. Chuck playing it right there. So we had the same song. We oh, the same okay, one. I got you. We're, it's draw. All right. All right. All right. So uh, this is this day in history. So this day in this, this year, this happened. Yes, I'm going to play it again. Mine was a little low. Chuck, turn me down a little so I don't overmodulate. Go for it. I'll turn mine up. That Mary is had a little lamb. Thomas Edison patents the phonograph. Those were the very first words ever spoken on a record. And, and was that Thomas Edison speaking? That was actually Thomas Edison. Really? How good am I? That's awesome. Did you get Thomas Edison? I got this. A teacher told him he was too stupid to learn anything, and he should go into a field where he might succeed by virtue of his pleasant personality. That 
That's it. I go to Mr. Jonathan. I go to Mr. Jonathan on that one. I don't even know what that was. All right. So teacher told him he was too stupid to do anything, basically. I got (laughs) you. All right. Well, I'm just going to get this turned up a little bit. I've been told the same. All right. So uh, owner of the Lonely Heart. Yeah. By yes. In... 1985, the artificial heart recipient, ah. William J. Schroeder, becomes the first such patient to leave the hospital. He died August 7th, 1986, of a lung infection, 620 days after receiving the Jarvik 7. Wow. Yeah. What year right. was that? It's 1985. Okay, I kind of remember that happening. Do you? This is what Chuck has. This is what I had. How to rock and roll. All right. Not as good as mine, but okay. I'm going to give it to Jonathan, too. All right. Come on, Chuck. All right. 19... Come on, Chuck. You can make a comeback here. 1977. Fleetwood Mac, their Rumors album, is released, and this song went straight to number one from that album. So what year again? 1977. Unfortunately, I remember that all too well. I bet you do. All right, here's Huge what I have. album. Huge. I had this. I just went in there one afternoon and wrote Dreams. And I knew when I wrote it that it was really special. And I was really not self-conscious or insecure about showing it to the rest of the band. I knew they were going to really like it. She hit this the wall a couple of years ago, what man. it sounded like uh, in the first uh, few days of uh, working on it. So he's playing... Song that did not hit number one. Yeah, but they're talking in it. Yeah. And, and they're talking about the album and recording it. That has to go to Chuck. Are you kidding me? I liked it better. He doesn't even play the number one song. <laughs> I like oh it better. I am protesting. This is a protest right now. 1971. Paul McCartney releases this song, Another Day in the UK. All right. What else, what else could we you get play a draw? Next? I get the same thing. Okay, of course. Right. What else could you do? So, um,. Next up, I'm pretty pumped about this. My my uh, thing went out of order here. I'll play this one then. All right, you play yours first. You skipped one. Did I? Yeah, we can oh, go I to, did, I we'll did, go I to did. Smokey Robinson. That's all right. We can go to Smokey Robinson. All right. Tears of a Clown, yep. Smokey Robinson. Tears of a Clown. That song was not his number one hit. What's the, what's the, what's 1963, his first number one hit. Really got a hold on me. What happened this day in history? Oh, he was born. I'm sorry. Smokey oh. Robinson Smokey was born. Smokey Robinson's birthday. 1940. All right. So, uh, whatever. We both played Smokey Robinson. No big deal. Yeah. Call it a draw. Sure. Chucks was better. Get out of here. All right. So now we have born this day in 1924, Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin. Lee Marvin. His birthday? He starred opposite Clint Eastwood in the movie Paint Your Wagon. And he sang this song in the soundtrack. This is actually Lee Marvin right here. See, Wandering Star. That's good. I know it is. I'm Mr. Jonathan. I remembered him from M Squad. So I had the M Squad theme song. I love the song. But you got it. You have him in there. All right, so another fail for but Chuck. Not who I was thinking. Lee Marvin isn't Doctor Doctor Marvin. No, that's not From Lee. What Marvin. about Bob? No, you Doctor Marvin. Yeah, Leo Dr. Marvin. Leo, Leo Marvin. Oh, Leo Marvin. Doctor Leo Marvin. 
1948, Big John Studd, the American professional wrestler, was born. He died in 1995. His real name was John Minton. This was his theme song. When I had he was the same a thing. Professional wrestler. I wow. had the same exact thing. Wow, right. you geeks! How do you even know that? We're just we're good at what we do, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And he died. Another wrestler dying young. So now we have born this day in 1955, Jeff Daniels. Jeff Daniels, the actor. Shh. Listen to the radio or something. Radio. <laughs> Who needs the radio? Ready, Harry? <laughs> oh, this is good. Mark. Yeah, Ing. Yeah, Bird. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bird, don't everybody have you? All right. All right. So, so today's I, his birthday. Today is Jeff Daniels' birthday. I had the same kind of play, but we'll see. That's funny stuff. I, <laughs> I almost went with that one. Oh, it's oh, that's when they squirt the ketchup and the mustard. I gotta give it a chuck. No, it's not. Listen. Uh, oh, he's going through the bathroom. Yes. He had the, the Harry, X-Legs. Are you in there? <laughs> Be right out. I hope you're not using the toilet. It's broken. <laughs> Complete silence. Yeah. Okay. That, that was a funny part. That was a funny part. Well, toilet humor always wins. <laughs> we got a, we got less than a minute, guys. All right. In uh, 1957, Falco was born. Okay, that's Falco. Same Falco, thing. Same Rocky thing. Over there. Yep. All right. That's and then it. One the more. Final one is Johnny Paycheck. He was born. This is his it famous is song. Same exact thing, man. All right, but my, then I got one more. This is also him. And we're gonna bump out with this, I think. Yeah, let's bump it out. This All is right. me in the IRS, which puts Mr. Jonathan once again as victorious in the competition. I dominate Chuck, five to two. Well, next week. I'll tell you right now, I got a contest we didn't even get to, so I got 20 questions for next week. Mr. Jonathan versus Chuck Morrison, right here in the Cigar Authority. All right. All right. right. So we'll do it. We're going to have a great show next week. I thought the show was great This anyway. was awesome. El Baton, two thumbs up on the El Baton. Absolutely. I love it. And uh, Macanudo Curiel, pretty good. Not bad. Rudy, you did a good job. Okay, thanks, guys. Uh, thanks to uh, the smoking. Hot Cigar Chick. Yep. And the guys from StogieGuys.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next week right here on the Cigar Authority Radio Network. I ain't give a dime to the IRS.